0: regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I'm glad that you've joined us on the program today. Coming up in uh, just a matter of moments, we're going to be speaking with Ryan Petty. His daughter, Elena, murdered at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida in 2018. And ever since, Ryan has really dedicated uh, his life, made it his mission to improving school safety, to preventing these types of attacks. It has not led him, however, to embrace uh, a, a a gun control ideology, the idea that we can ban and arrest our way to safety. That's not what uh, Ryan's research has, has led him to conclude. In fact, um, he believes that we can reduce these types of violent crimes without imposing any new gun control laws, which... Puts him uh, squarely on the opposite side of the issue from other uh, parents who lost their children uh, in Parkland, Florida in 2018, including uh, Manuel Oliver and his wife, whose son Joaquin, one of the victims at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Uh, The Oliver started a a program called uh, Change the Ref, and uh, recently they made headlines by working with a a big advertising firm in Chicago, uh, Leo Burnett Chicago, into uh, creating a fake high school. And a fake high school graduation and inviting uh, segment of advocates like a former NRA President David Keene, uh, uh, Crime Prevention Research Center uh, head John Lott, Dr. John Lott, to uh, give a graduation speech uh, for this fake high school, the James Madison High School. And then uh, they, they recorded, the cameras recorded these speeches uh, in front of an empty uh, group of chairs. This was supposedly supposed to be sort of a run-through for the main graduation, but no, it was all a gotcha campaign. And then they took that footage, uh, interspliced it with 911 calls from school shootings, uh, and released this ad that is, you know, basically uh, anti-gun agitprop. Um, They've continued, by the way, uh, since the release of this ad, they're now actually selling T-shirts for the fake high school, uh, I guess in an attempt to try to make this go... Even more viral. So, did it change anything? Did it, I mean, look, there were a lot of headlines, right? But did it actually change anything? I would argue no, but I wanted to get Ryan Petty's take as well. So, we had a fascinating conversation about uh, this uh, new piece of anti gun propaganda and what can be done uh, beyond empty words and uh, messaging campaigns. To actually improve the safety of our kids in school, take a look and a listen. Ryan, thank you so much, sir, for coming on the program. It's always good talking with you. It's always nice to see you. Thanks for having me, Cam. You bet. So, I mean, I'll just ask. I mean, what was your first reaction when you saw this uh, gotcha video from Change
1: the Ref? I was disgusted. Uh, that was my initial reaction. I, I, uh, you know, the. One of the participants, Dr. John Lott, has become a personal friend of mine since the Parkland tragedy. And, uh, I rely on him for, uh, you know, fact checking some of the things that, uh, that I've heard or, or seen. Uh, I, I, he's a respected researcher. Uh, he puts his data out there, uh, for pure academic review. Um, he publishes, you know, the data and his research and his methodology for everyone to, to see. And he's become a uh, you know a trusted resource for me and and a friend and I was disgusted to to see the ruse that was, um, that 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 he fell victim to and um and and really the part that irritates me the most is that preying upon you know him and the other uh, the other participant as genuinely good people that went there to speak to a group of high school students or what they thought were a group of high school students. And, and as I understand it, they were originally, you know, going to give a traditional commencement speech and were pushed towards making, you know, statements about the second amendment and gun control. And, uh, the, the whole thing just stinks. Um, and it was disgusting.
0: You know, I'm, I'm looking here at a, um, An article uh, from a uh, advertising website uh, called Muse, uh, and they talk about uh, the fact that the big advertising uh, firm, Leo Burnett, Chicago, uh, it really came up with the idea for this. So, you know, there was a lot of money. I mean, this was an intricate and very elaborate uh, ruse, as you say. Uh, You know, they came up with a fake website. Uh, for this fake high school they obviously uh, you know rented out this uh uh field in Las Vegas had you know a huge stage uh, 3044 empty seats and the thing that that really struck me i mean at first glance not only do you have a, a dr Lott saying that uh you know his words were deceptively edited obviously uh uh you know interspersed with these 911 calls but from what I know about Dr. Lott, I don't want to speak for him. But from what I know about him and the experiences that I've uh, had with him in the past, if this group changed the ref, it simply said, "Look, we disagree with what you say. Um, we want to have a debate." Uh, I don't think Dr. Lott would have said no to that. I, I you know, I, I think that uh, Second Amendment advocates are happy uh, and more than willing to talk with gun control activists uh, on a in a public setting. But the gun control activists themselves don't really seem to want to have an honest conversation.
1: Oh, I think you're hundred percent right. I mean, Dr. Lott and others have been willing to engage in a in a debate of ideas, right? Let's use facts and data. let's look at the research let's let's look for opportunities. In fact, I've engaged with Dr. Lott and others in that you know cam with you uh where we haven't agreed on all of the issues, but we've engaged in a in a debate and a discussion we've been transparent we've put all of our cards on the table we we all want the same thing right we all want less gun violence we want less gun deaths in the united states question the debate is how do we get there and when one side will not engage uh in in a debate of ideas but but turn to trickery um and and deceptive practices to to make their case, that it says more about them than it does, uh, quite, quite honestly, those that they they tricked uh, into this, uh, this sort of disgusting display.
0: So um, the creative director of uh, Chicago or Burnett Chicago, Sam Shepard, uh, told this website, Muse, that uh, well, we were looking for an idea that was unlike anything that had been done before. Um, he said that's a pretty tough brief when the team shared an image of an empty graduation chairs arranged like the Yosemite and Normandy. I was blown away, but it wasn't enough for us to shoot an emotional film capturing the three thousand and forty four chairs. That's where every gun ad has stopped before. We had to place this devastating image in front of those directly responsible. He said it was important for us to go all the way, no matter what the cost, to finally confront those NRA members with the results of what their words and their lobbying have caused. He says, this is a statement, an indictment of those who don't think they will ever be held accountable for their words. And he called it, quote, an example of the demonstrative power of creativity when fear uh, isn't in the equation. So, I mean, Ryan, let me ask you, because you are a Second Amendment supporter, you are obviously a survivor of, uh, quote-unquote, gun violence or violent crime, someone that you loved dearly was robbed from you. In fact, your daughter, uh, you know, one of those chairs represents uh, your daughter. So what would you say to Sam Shepard when he says that people like you, NRA members like you, segment supporters like you, are directly responsible for the violence that we are seeing around the country and the violence that has been perpetrated against students?
1: You know, it's an asinine comment, and uh, he should retract that statement immediately. It's disgusting. Um, I'm no more responsible for my daughter's death than, than Dr. Lott is or any other NRA or Second Amendment supporter that there's no causal relationship there between the words used to defend a right that w- that is precious and should be precious to every American that was codified by our founding fathers, uh, recognized by our founding fathers and put into the Bill of Rights. It's disgusting to equate that, with the actions of, you know, these evil people that have used a firearm to kill innocent people, the person responsible for for the death of my daughter, for killing my daughter, is sitting in jail awaiting trial. Uh, it's been three years, three plus years, and we're still not at trial yet. But that is the person that took that firearm and murdered 17 people and injured 17 others. Nothing to do with the Second Amendment supporters. That's number one. Number two, you know, my focus has been on prevention. And there are ways we can prevent these tragedies from happening in our society. None of them require the infringement of our freedoms or liberties to reduce gun violence. We've got to recognize the actual causes for gun violence in our communities and address those issues. That's how we solve this. Not by pulling stunts on unsuspecting, um, Second Amendment supporters. Not by these, you know, elaborate, expensive, quite frankly, waste of money, in my view, stunts that these guys are pulling, um, you know, let's engage in a discussion and a debate and a conversation. We all want the same thing. There's a right way to do this. And then there's the way that Leo Burnett in this agency and changes the ref is trying to do this. It's wrong. It should stop. And quite frankly, it doesn't work. And they should know this. They're in the advertising business. They should know they're preaching to their choir only. This did not, change a single mind on the issue it was a big waste of money
0: you know i i happen to agree with you um and i want to get back to what you talked about preventing this because when you and i have spoken before i i i keep thinking about that figure that um that you gave the secret service in their latest report on preventing school shootings 94 percent of these attackers communicated their threats beforehand And I I can't help but wonder what the uh, creative minds at Leo Burnett Chicago might come up with if if there was a campaign to actually raise awareness of that fact and to encourage students, to encourage parents, to encourage uh, school staff to speak up again when these threats are communicated. If you really want to make a difference, it seems like that would be a place where a public service campaign could actually make a difference. And you could use uh, you know, a a creative message to uh to help, you know, drum that statistic home that these things are preventable. Lives can be saved. And as you say, we don't need to try to legislate our way to safety. A lot of it is using our own eyes and ears and then communicating uh when we learn of these threats being made.
1: Yeah. Imagine imagine Leo Burnett or or other advertising experts using that expertise to your point. To communicate what we've learned about prevention, what we know will actually solve these um, these terrible tragedies, if they just took the same effort, energy, and quite frankly, dollars, and applied it to prevention as opposed to these stunts, um, it's you know, I, I, um, it's hard for me to imagine how, what what an impact they could have and just think about and not just the big you know low probability big events like Parkland right which which just change a community forever change families lives forever imagine the message just school, just violence in our schools in general bullying and the other things that are going on in our schools just imagine if they put that effort and energy into putting a campaign together and offered it you know free to school districts use this campaign to help reduce uh, violence. It, you know, I can't imagine that they haven't thought about that, Cam. And if they wanted to engage in a, in a um, honest and truthful way on the topic, I'd be happy to walk Leo Burnett and their executive team through preventative measures that will actually reduce the number of chairs that they filmed the other day. Um, we can make a difference. They could make a difference if they really want to, but I think my guess is they want to just score quick points.
0: Yeah, my, my, I, uh, I think you're probably right about that. I, I, would love to think that you're wrong and hopefully, uh, the folks at Delia Burnett will reach out to you and, and take advantage of that, uh, that opportunity to, to learn more, but I'm not holding my breath, um, that it's going to happen. In the meantime, Ryan, I do want to know more about what you are continuing to do to work on these uh, things to uh, address the real issues that actually can make our kids safer. Um, what what have you been up to and uh, over the course of the last few months, and uh, what are you working on right now?
1: Well, I'm excited that uh, I've been working with the with an organization called NASRO, the National Association of School Resource Officers. You know, Cam uh, or the over the last year or so, there's been a big push to defund the police, and, and part of that has been defund school resource officers in our nation's public schools. And uh, I'm absolutely adamant, despite my own experience with the SRO that failed my daughter and failed the 17 that, that, that were killed in Parkland, um, that having law enforcement on-site in our schools is specific. Especially trained law enforcement that, that know how to deal with the situations and, and problems that we find in our schools is the best solution to prevent the day of or to make the day minimize the impact of the day of, right? And they're a key tool in prevention. And so we need not, not fewer school resource officers. We need more. Where there's one, there should be two. Where there's two, there should be three. And so I've been working with NASRO and and, uh, and, and really trying to highlight the role of the SRO. And if you, uh, if you go to NASRO's website or if you look at what they do on, on social media, they've really done, there's been a sea change in messaging from NASRO about the role of school resource officers and where they were focused initially on just getting the message out about training. They're now talking about the impact that these school resource officers have on the lives of the students in the schools they serve. They're a special breed of law enforcement officer, uh, and I think they do wonderful work in our schools. And so uh, I'll be be speaking at their conference in Orlando in July. Um, We're going to keep pushing that message out. Parents need to understand that their child's safety is at risk. from school boards and uh, unelected administrators within their school districts that want to remove school resource officers because they think they pose a threat to the students. Nothing could be further from the truth. We're fighting it and we need parents to join with us to push on their school boards. Got a couple of quick success stories. We've, got, we've had uh, some great success out in Oregon. We had a district that reached out to, to me to say, hey, look, uh, as a school board, the school board's about to uh, uh, remove school resource officers from the Gresham School District out in um, in Oregon, and we were able to unite some parents together and push back, um, and and that they were not removed. So the school board voted to keep them. And then also up in the Seattle area, the Bellevue School District, their superintendent actually resigned over the controversy. They were trying to do some backdoor deals and remove school resource officers despite the advice of their student advi- student advisory council that wanted overwhelmingly wanted to keep school resource officers in their schools. These are the students saying, keep school resource officers. They were gonna try to do a backdoor deal and get rid of them, and it ended up costing the superintendent, I mean, he resigned, basically. So we are winning, we've gotta keep pushing, but I want every parent in the country to understand that they need to be active and involved At their district level, because there are weak needs uh, school board members that are willing to listen to the activists and remove the last line of defense for their child in their in that school. So parents get involved.
0: Absolutely. Ryan, as always, sir, thank you for being involved. Thank you for being engaged. Uh, Thank you for what you do and for spending some time with us today. I hope we get a chance to do it again very soon. Thank you, Kim. As always, appreciate Ryan spending a few minutes with us. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report. We will start there. Here's the headline. Doesn't say much. Victims identified in fatal shooting, suspect in police custody. This is from Lafayette, Louisiana. And in this particular fatal shooting, the suspect that was taken into custody uh, well known to, uh, to police, uh, Dewan Clay, 23 years of age, um, riding or driving the vehicle uh, in which uh, one individual, a 19 year old named uh, Javier Batiste, uh, was shot and killed. Clay, according to KATC, turned himself into authorities at the Lafayette Police Department back on June 28th. That would be a Monday. Booked into the uh, Lafayette Parish Correctional Center on one count of first degree murder obstruction of justice, armed robbery, conspiracy to commit armed robbery, prohibited acts, as well as possession a felon, uh, felon in possession of a firearm. Uh, according to authorities, Clay has served time before. Going back to 2016, which was only five years ago, Clay has pleaded guilty to illegal use of a weapon, aggravated battery of the firearm, illegal carrying of a weapon, and uh, two different charges of resisting arrest. In these cases, apparently he was initially given probation. Yeah. Uh, But it was revoked after a subsequent arrest, according to KATC. All told, his records appear to indicate that he served about two years in jail. In March of 2019, after his probation had been revoked, after he had been sent back to jail, he fired a motion on his own behalf, asking the judge to reconsider, writing that he had two children, that a third had just been born the month before, said he was a student at a local community college, but he had to drop out when he was arrested and held in jail. Uh, he said uh, that I, you know, he accepts the full responsibility for his actions, is uh, only requesting a chance to be a productive member of society. The judge denied his motion, uh, kept him in jail for at least a, uh, another brief period of time. Again, uh, he was out. And on uh, June 27th, so Sunday night, about 10.45 in the evening, Lafayette uh, police responded to shots fired. Uh, When they got there, they found 19-year-old Brandon Arnold of Lafayette dead of gunshot wounds in the parking lot. He worked at the business where he was found. Police believe that he was shot during a brought robbery. Uh, Arnold was the target of the robbery, according to police, not the business itself. Uh, And then again, they found uh, 19-year-old Javier Batiste inside a vehicle. Uh, He had also been shot. Dewan Clay driving the vehicle that Batiste was riding in uh, was arrested. Don't know if uh, uh Clay is accused of actually shooting Javier Batiste or if uh perhaps um 19 year old Brandon Arnold was able to fire shots in self defense. We don't know. But what we do know is that Dewan Clay, now facing murder charges as well as armed robbery charges, fell in possession of a firearm charge. And uh despite a laundry list of violent crimes, Dewan Clay did not spend much time behind bars. For that earlier offense, perhaps if he had uh, been subjected to his original sentence, this uh, murder, these murders would not have happened because Clay would have still been in prison. Now, turning our attention to today's armed citizen story, uh, California, the Lake Tahoe area. Take a look at this headline. Lake Tahoe visitor shoots bear inside of home in self-defense. But some say the bear is not to blame. Oh I don't I don't, I mean, I don't know this is, I'm not trying to victim blame the bear here. The bear is just being a bear, but the bear was where the bear wasn't supposed to be, which was inside a home in the uh, Lake Tahoe area. sfgate.com uh reported on this. This was uh, june twenty fourth, and apparently um, there were a group of tourists visiting uh, Lake Tahoe. guy returned to his house and he heard sounds coming from the second floor. The uh, home had been empty for most of the night. The man and the people that he was uh, in Lake Tahoe with had all gone out to dinner. While they were out, apparently a large female black bear entered the home through a sliding glass door looking for food to eat in the upstairs kitchen. Uh, wildlife officials said the bear weighed as much as 400 to 500 pounds, uh, which they believe is evidence that the bear had actually become accustomed to the humans in the area and was um, uh, getting a lot of its diet from you know, rooting through trash cans and even trying to enter other people's homes. The uh, man told law enforcement that the bear charged at him, tried to swipe at him with her arm, huffing and growling. He said that within a moment, the bear was on top of him. He actually says that the bear had her mouth on his arm. Captain Patrick Foy, the California Fish and Wildlife's law enforcement division, said he had a pistol in his other hand and he shot the bear in the head at point blank range. Um, law enforcement, wildlife officials are calling the incident a bear attack. They say that the man fired his gun in self-defense. They say that the evidence on scene backs that up. But given that this is California, um, there are people who are criticizing this guy for acting in self-defense. According to sfgate.com, Ann Bryant, executive director and co-founder of Tahoe's Bear League, which is a uh, pro-bear advocacy organization, Takes issue with the word attack. She said, I don't want the bear to be blamed. Close and lock your doors and windows, especially if you're not home. Bears know how to open unsecured doors and windows and they'll come in. Okay, look, I, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to say yes, lock your doors and windows. Not only to keep bears out, but to keep humans out as well. However, if you forget to do that, uh, it doesn't mean that you should be the victim of a bear attack as your punishment. And uh, the gentleman was still well within his right to act in self-defense to shoot the bear, even if it had been a good idea for him to lock that sliding glass door. Apparently, there are uh, others in the area uh, who are um, criticizing the tourists as well. SFK.com says, in the aftermath of early media reports, shaming has been rampant on the Internet. Comments on local news stories are quick to point blame on the shooter. A tourist... Uh, Captain Foy with the uh, Fish and Wildlife Department says the amount of victim shaming that has taken place since this incident has occurred, it's a little bit disappointing. He said people were very rapid to jump to conclusions that this person was not defending himself or caused the problem himself. We have no evidence to suggest that this person wasn't doing anything other than defending his life against a very major and serious threat inside his own home. Well, again, that that's how most people would see it, but Given that this is California we're talking about here, it does not surprise me to see some people try to shame a man who acted in self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day. This is uh, still from a body cam image. You can uh, see that gentleman there in the middle. looks like he's kind of like kneeling over, getting ready to like hurl up there. He was choking on food. And the Chandler police officer, whose body cam uh, still we're looking at here, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to uh, do the right thing to help that gentleman out. Uh, The video released by the Chandler Police Department on Monday shows the officer springing into action, performing the Heimlich Maneuver on the man. This was back on June 24th. He eventually was able to dislodge the food from the man's throat uh, and save his life. Police say the man is now doing okay. Don't have any information, by the way, on uh, who this officer was. Don't have any information on who the victim was. We just know that uh the guy was choking, and this Chandler officer in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to uh save a life, and then continue on his merry way. So uh whoever you are, anonymous Chandler, Arizona Police Officer, we thank you for that very good deed now that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of bearing arms cam and company the good news is we'll be back tomorrow with even more second amendment news and information from all across the nation in the meantime though don't forget to check out the website bearingarms.com and in fact if you like what you see there you can become a vip member of bearing arms all you have to do go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe use the promo code guns and you can get 25 percent off of your vip membership not only will you get exclusive analysis and commentary from the website but uh, you will be helping to ensure that we can continue doing programs like this each and every weekday. So thank you very much for being a VIP member. Thank you for uh, spreading the word about and Arms Cam and Company. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.